And for Mookie Betts' growing frustration with having to answer stupid questions that he's been getting for the last four years, it's the Pesky Report, episode 296, brought to you by Beyond the Monster. I'm Ed Hand, co-host of the Pesky Report and social media manager of SoxProspects.com, runner of the Trustometer, a uh, person who sounds like he perpetually has a cold. How are you doing today, my good friend and only co-host today, the Iowa Enigma, the Casanova of Iowa Tinder, which I assume is like four people, Hogdale. Wow. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Fantastic. Gotta say, not don't appreciate the slight. There are more than four women in the state of Iowa. I think I can confidently say that. How, but, how uh, many then? Six? Seven? I fucking... <laughs> are okay. you on dating apps, Hogdale, in real life? I am not. Okay. Will you, during the off-season, allow me to set up a Tinder for you? For but it's in Massachusetts. That's... <laughs> Yeah, just be funny if like the like you had a whole date set up and like uh, you set a location and you just put a tablet and like I'll zoom in like on the fucking reservation. I'm there and it's just like a very large tablet and it's like I'm just holding it the entire time. Occasionally, my arm reaches out to have like a drink or something. Oh, that'd be amazing. I I I I'm just really mostly I just want like a Hogdale reality dating series. I think that would really make my life uh, better. But that's not ba- – we're here to talk about baseball. We're not ta- here to talk about Hogdale's sexual prowess for now. Um, um, you know, we had a series against the Los Angeles Dodgers um, who are, you know, like on their way to another playoff run. Um, impressive front of the order. They've got uh, Freddie Freeman who just hit his 50th double the season. Now the uh, – career leader not career leader sorry the season leader for the dodgers with like a month still to go he might get to 60 doubles for even like that would not surprise me in the slightest if he had 60 doubles and if he was regularly playing at fenway he could hit 70 in a season and that is is horrifying to think about uh but you know series we'll jump right into it um i think the the thing that was the biggest uh of note was it was Betts's uh return to Fenway Park. How, where are you right now after another weekend that was really fixated on Mookie discourse? Like where like are you done with it forever? Do you want more? Like where, where do you want to I talk mean, about is the discourse annoying and is the referendum really annoying? Yeah. At the same time though, like when I was watching this game today and I saw Mookie hit one over the monster. Like I just, I literally just had a violent Vietnam flashback to the day. Like I remember reading about the Mookie Betts trade as it happened. I was working a shift at Casey's as a pizza maker. It was like nine o'clock. I think I was getting ready to close, and I remember reading that. I just remember being very violently fucking angry, very violently fucking angry, so angry. That's the most angry I've ever been over a sports move because at the time, I knew. This is a horrible mistake. This is the dumbest thing this team could possibly have done. Surely you could have found a way to pay the man. And like, you know, maybe like we spend a year or two, like trying to you know figure out the salary situation afterwards, because this guy is a hall of fame caliber talent. And uh, yeah. So I, I went through that Vietnam flashback and I will reiterate something I've said a lot. The fact that when Mookie goes into Cooperstown, that his bust is going to have a Dodger hat on makes me violently fucking ill. 
it genuinely infuriates me because this is just, and I, I hate it at the time because people were like, oh, well, you know, with his frame, he's definitely going to get injuries. Like we were, pro- we were projecting this dude was going to be injury prone on a guy that has never faced major injuries ever. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't understand that one. Like I find the bigger guys like Aaron judge to be much more likely to get hurt with like a little dude, like Mookie, like, you know, I don't know. Like, like it doesn't even make sense because look at a guy like Mike Trout who's built like a football player and can't stay healthy anymore. Like, yeah. it it's, it's just I, I feel like injury risks are so it's random. They exist for every player. Uh, you can't really gauge that in with it. Um, yeah, I mean, projecting it on him. I mean, for me, I and I, I feel like I tend to defend the trade more just because I think it gets blown out of proportion. I don't get me wrong. It's here. not the worst well, trade in the history should, of trades. Yeah, exactly. I think that the, what they got, and I think it's more what they got back that I tend to be a little more defensive of than like, yeah, if you're going off the entire premise of them trading him, it was a bad idea. Yes. They made the decision. And I think that like, this is what's become kind of clear. I think they made the decision that unless he was siding on a real bargain, Mookie Betts was not staying on this team. And I think that that happened before High and Bloom was even in the organization that they determined that. Absolutely. Go. I don't know if they offered him $300 million, $250 million, whatever it was. What he wanted and what the Red Sox were willing to offer, it was never, it just wasn't going to match. And because this, can, yeah, this know. team has a long storied history of just not paying its homegrown talent. Like Raphael Devers was finally the thing that's like, it broke that trend. Thankfully. Well, what about, I mean, I, I would disagree to an extent with that. I think that there, when, how many when times have they been David Ortiz over the barrel? To fucking well, like, they, you know, but what about you and Pedroia getting extensions? And I mean, it's not like that Pedroia extension really paid off. So there's kind of, you know, there's like little different balances with that, but also John Lester. <laughs> yeah. I mean the John Lester one, and I think that that plays into this. It all goes back to that stupid, stupid trade. Like, not even trade, just them not extending him. They could have well, traded him and then signed him again, but they never made a real offer. They overcompensated going to David Price. They overcompensated trading a ton for Chris Sale. And then they kind of had a decision to make, okay, do we try to extend our pitching or do we extend our generational outfielder? And I think this is kind of just my, my own thought process on it, but I think that they were like, okay, Red Sox historically don't really develop pitchers. Well, we've got some good pitchers here. Now we've got Nathan Eovaldi. We've got David price on a long-term deal. We've got Chris sale. Let's hold these guys in. We'll have our rotation down and then, you know, we'll trade for Mookie to restock. It's easier for us to rebuild our hitting than it is our pitching. That's the plan. And that you can kind of guess, I, I think the calculus with the sale reciting, and I wasn't on Red Sox Twitter at the time, but I remember throughout sales entire ten, tenure here, I was kind of like, okay, they got their World Series. We're talking about frames and deliveries that are going to get hurt. Chris Sale is a walking, talking red flag. Um, and I like the guy. He's a competitor. He's a good pitcher. We've seen that there's still something in the tank, but he can keep healthy. But that's not a guy that you that you throw the bank at, especially when he's in his thirties. Um, and that I think was a was you know that was the beginning of the end for Dombrowski. That ended up him and Ivaldi getting the extensions were the franchise buster. It wasn't so much not going after Mookie and Xander long term and trying to wrap up. That philosophy, man, yeah. it's just it's just so busted because like oh we're gonna keep the pitching. 
It's like, hey, are, are either of those picks like generational talents? Are either of those Sale, pitchers, you can make a case that a healthy sale was, yeah. He was really good. Was he uh the best player the Red Sox had had since Giaz? Was okay, yeah. I mean Mookie was better than Yaz, though. You, yeah, I, I Mookie, say you Mookie have to was go, better than Yaz, but you're talking about a prime. I, I always like the comparison of Mookie to Willie Mays and Trout yes. to Mickey Mantle, and I think that it is I think that it is spot on. But got the um, Mantle to Trout the comparison is just sad <laughs> when you think about it because both wrecked by injuries. Yeah, but I mean they're both first ballot Hall of Famers. They're both the best oh, absolutely. of their generation. Like, yeah, you can it sucks with Trout too because he plays with uh, a team that um I mean, are the Angels not basically what would happen if you let like Red Sox Twitter run the team? Dude, they drafted all pitchers in one draft because, like, well, surely one of these will hit. Like, you guys are. I just... like Reed Detmers. I do like Reed Detmers. I mean, good, yeah. He's really good. He's good. Yeah. But, like, it's just funny. But yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, to sum up, sum up my entire thoughts on Mookie's, like, did I hate the move at the time and do I still hate it now? Absolutely. Do you need to mention it every five seconds? Uh, of your life no <laughs> I, like it, it makes it hard to enjoy Mookie though because this is like one of my favorite players to ever that's why I don't watch come up, Dodger games you know I can't like, just it. watch the guy watch the guy play there's aside from just like the athleticism and the talent there's a joy to it there are Absolutely. things that he does that you don't you don't see guys move seamlessly from right field to shortstop and second base in the same game very often you don't, you know, and just he just seems like a just a good person, you know. You don't see that a lot with professional sports. Dude, like, like it's a full package. Like let me enjoy him without having your and no offense meant because I I get it, but you don't have to have your trauma every time someone mentions that he had a two home run game. Can't we just enjoy him doing that? I can't. I don't watch Dodger games <laughs> for the specific reason. I can't do it. Because I just get angry. I just I end up getting angry again. So what I do is I just shut that off from my brain. I don't think about it. But see, because that's like, where you and I are different. Because when Nomar was with the Dodgers, when he was with the Cubs, and Nomar was like my was my generational favorite player. Um, and that listen, you can argue about what Nomar ended up as. He was on a Hall of Fame path when the Red Sox traded him. Absolutely. Yeah, like, and not just like he was better than Derek Jeter. Like, you look up his yes. years and put them next to Derek Jeter. It's not people. You look and say, "Are you stupid? Why are you comparing them?" Um, but I never had a hard time watching Nomar play. I was always very happy to watch him play with the Cubs and the Dodgers, and even Oakland in his last year. Like, I, I it didn't bother me. Like, I wasn't like, and I hated Theo Epstein for years, but I was never like, Nomar's gonna, Nomar's the comeback player of the year. Fuck you, Theo Epstein. Like, I was never. I, thing is I can separate made the all-star team. Fuck you, Theo. Like, because I've never like, for one second blamed Heim Bloom for the Mookie. Trip. It was an ownership move decision. They fucking brought Heim on like literally in one of his key mission statements. Like, okay, so you're going to be the guy that's going to trade Mookie bets. Uh, like here, here's that. That's how you're going to start out your Red Sox tenure. Good luck having the fans that, you know, have any sense of tolerance for you, you know, fuck yeah. yourself. Like, and that's just, that's a, that's a real shame also, because I, I, I think as, as we see the players develop and what it appears the plan is going to be. Now this can also like, I'll eat my words if they don't sign any pitching in this coming off season. You can kind of see what they're building towards. You can absolutely see what they're building. This this team's going to be like a, a bona fide world series contender next year. This is a team that 
just again, like you just need to go out, you know, sign some frontline pitching at a few areas here and there, depth wise, and this team's ready to compete for a World Series. This yeah. is a but the bullpen's a World Series caliber bullpen, that's for fucking sure. Yeah, and, and we're <clears> seeing <throat> we're seeing some of the depth even like in the Houston series with Juliera Bray, like what they've built. Absolutely, around these support pieces that are young, and that's not even to mention some of the higher end prospects coming up. Like Sadon's going to be on the team next year. Yeah, Sadon Meyer might be there by the end of the season. Um, I mean, he's hurt right now. I think that we're going to see him in the Arizona Fall League just to get some at bats. He's also only twenty. People are like, "Oh, Mayor Marcelo Meyer's a fraud." The jump between High A and Double A has never been bigger. They rushed him up, and that's okay. You're going to see more. You you see guys struggle in their first tries at higher competition. Um, Salem and high A now it's glorified college ball, you know? Um, so the point here being like, even if the Sox don't make the playoffs this year, like this season is fine. This is, well, there's some serious positives came out of this season. Like you found out that like, Hey, Jaron Duran's a player going in like into the future. Like you, uh, you saw Tristan Cassis, like step up and evolve into the uh, the first baseman that we all thought he was going to be hitting-wise. Work in progress defense. But his defense has been better the last few months. Yeah, he hasn't made any really well. glaring mistakes lately. Yeah, the thing that I think always... I think the thing that just drives me nuts a lot of the time is that people look at the team and think, this is who they are now, therefore this is who they are always going to be. Which and is absolutely not true. Yeah. And I mean, just even looking at Red Sox history, the variance of how the team performs season to season is usually pretty volatile. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the anniversary big. of like the massive salary dump that they did, <laughs> like was just the, the other dollars, day. No less. Like, yeah. It's like yeah, they shed $260 million worth of salary and then won the World Series the next year. That's right is crazy also just in how none of the prospects the Red Sox got turned into anything. Not even one of them. And nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. They got like five prospects. Which they shouldn't because they won the World Series. That gives a fuck. (laughs) But yeah, so let's talk about the Dodgers series now. Um, Now that we've gotten a little bit of this the Mookie angst off of our chest. Oh, can I mention one last Mookie stat? Because I just think it's funny. Let's hear it. It's Let's just that, because, like, this is, like, Alex Verdugo's, like, big breakout this year, and it's also Connor Wong's first really big season as uh, Red Sox this year. Uh, in terms of uh, baseball reference war, they combine for six war, and Mookie is, uh, has 7.1 war by yeah. himself. So, yeah. you know, hilarious. Just really, really funny. <laughs> but what's You know what's interesting about that, though, is when you consider the amount that they made, like, season to season, the amount that you're paying for them, Two position players that we haven't seen the peak of yet. I think Wong's going to be around for a while. I don't know what they're going to do with Doogie, but uh, you know, like I don't. I, there are worse trades than this. No, there are a hundred percent worse trades. Go I look between any like trades between the Red Sox and the Mariners throughout history if you want to see bad trades. Like holy I don't shit! Think, I don't think it was even a bad trade. I just think that I think the I think they did about as good as they can. Was bad. I think yes. they did as well as they could have done though, and that's I absolutely you know, agree with that. Absolutely like think about what the offer was with the Mets that they would they they want Red Sox wanted Jeff McNeil and the Mets were like absolutely not like <laughs> absolutely not yeah it's like oh, oh, okay which is one year of Mookie but you know what we don't need to regurgitate this we don't concept of trading him flawed awful foolish sure but we don't need to we don't need to take that out on Connor you don't Wyatt. need to bring it up every five seconds everyone on Twitter for fuck's sake. Yeah, I hold the okay. rage in myself like a normal person does. I don't need to yeah. bring it up five seconds, like and you know, to mention that Heim's a bum. 
if you're blaming Heim Bloom for the trade, you're just ill-informed. Like it's not, it's John Henry. Yell at John Henry. He's the one who fucking deserved it. <laughs> so let's go into this now. Um, you know, game game one. It was Cutter Cutter uh, Crawford Cutter. versus Lance Lynn, and you know what? Crawford continued to pitch well. He's having a good season. He went uh, five innings, four hits, two runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. You know, he didn't really get hit until the fifth inning. Or, sorry, until they brought him in for the sixth inning. He got hit there. The problem there was that Nick Pavetta couldn't really get the job done. But we had a great start. I, um, you know, I saw the beginning of it. I saw Alex Verdugo lead the game off with another home run. Uh, so they were up one nothing, And then Trevor Story went deep. They beat up on uh, Lance Lynn, who was, I think, leading baseball at home runs. But this is a really just a solid ball club, the Dodgers. First place in the NL West, who are competitive. They've got the Giants in there. and probably, I mean, the Rockies suck, but Diamondbacks aren't terrible this year. Uh, and they came back, you know. They, uh, they had some good at-bats. Mookie hit a double, scored two runs. Uh, you have Freddie Freeman getting four hits against them. They Nick Pavetta shat the bed, and that happens sometimes. It sucks that Pavetta had who had been so has been so good of late got hammered, but he gave up four runs in two innings. It is what it is. Yeah. He couldn't come back. Uh, did you watch this one, Hogdale? Because I left around the fifth inning. I, was, um, I yeah, I watched a good chunk of it. And like, thing is, that Pavetta is just a bummer because that means his yearly Lin Sanity run is over. So. Not great. Probably the worst time possibly he could, you know, you know, regress to what he usually is. So, bit unfortunate. Freddie Freeman, like for the Dodgers, man, that's just a dude. I've just been so impressed with his entire career. I just so love good. him as a player. He's just rock steady. Like he's always consistent, and he's just on a tear this year. He's like one of the few dudes, like, uh, like currently playing. It's like, yeah, he's like easy Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. absolutely I mean going to be Hall of Famer. My relationship with Freddie Freeman, he's my favorite non-Red Sox player. The reason is very simple. Um, so back in, I think it was 2011 for my APA team, I needed a first baseman really badly. Like, I'd been, I I just hadn't had anybody particularly good there in years. I was using Nomar Garcia Parra as my first baseman at one point. And <laughs> I was so excited, though, because there was this really great first baseman in the draft who had hit 32 home runs for the Mets, Ike Davis. And I was positive. I was drafting, I think, 12th. And I was positive he was going to fall to me. And he got picked, pick number 11. And Rip. I was furious. So, you know, it was like, okay, you know what? They've got, there's this 20-year-old first baseman on the Braves. It seems like they're giving him the starting job next year. And this is like, this is just my general thinking for like Apple. And you can use this for fantasy or whatever if you're doing dynasty leagues, but if you're handing a starting job to a 20 year old or a 21 year old, or even a 22 year old, that player is good. Like I like Luis V Garcia on the uh, nationals, even though he's in the minors right now, because he was a 19 year old that was given regular playing time. Anybody that's that young and you're giving them a starting job is somebody that hasn't even hit the peak of their development yet. So I, I grabbed Freeman for that reason. And he, I've had him ever since he leads. I keep track of all of my stats since 2000 uh, with that team. And he leads me in just about every offensive category at that time. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never been prouder of a draft pick than that. He's been uh, like our, uh, the rare first baseman also, where it's like, he can hit for a little power, but he's not a power primarily guy. He's just an amazing pure hitter. Like he, yeah. just, he does it all. He'll accidentally hit, like, 25 home runs a season. I mean, he's had over 30 before, but he's not trying to do it. And, you know, he has, like, 17 stolen bases. 
He has he hit his 50th double today, which is just like I mean, it's it's bonkers. And he, I don't think he's anywhere close to done yet either. I think he's no, got his no. chance than anybody at 3,000 hits. Um, he might have another MVP in him. Like, he's just, if if things fall into place, he's he's so good. He really is. Yeah, and I understand, like, why Braves fans just have such an adoration for him because he's a dude, like, he was just amazing throughout that entire period where the Braves were just in a brutal rebuild. Yeah, like, he was the... Uh, and, do you think that, but I don't see Braves, I and mean, maybe it's just because they're good this year, but you don't see Braves fans being enraged that he's with the Dodgers. Now, I mean, part of that's also because Matt Olson is having a yeah, yeah, that's because Matt Olson is like fucking unreal. Like he's just, yeah. it just happens that they traded a guy for a guy who's slightly worse than him, but also multiple years younger. So it's like yeah. they can, they can somewhat get over it, but I'm sure they'd still feel a lot of heartache over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you lose Dansby right after, too. Like it, that kind of sucks. But um, anyway, Dodgers have maybe the best I mean, can you think of just for number one number two hitters in your lineup Mookie Betts the, the Mookie Betts to Freddie Freeman connection that's incredible like is there uh, yeah. a one to two that you can think of because I can't in the league maybe Trout, were Trout and Shohei ever batting next to each other like that I mean if they were they were batting either two three or three four like never one two I might even take Mookie and Freeman over Trout and Shohei just because Trout isn't quite what he once was even if he's sadly fantastic. not you yeah, know? It's, it's so sad that, like, we might have seen, like, the end of Mike Trout's prime. It just makes me so sad. Well, it happens to everybody. Not everybody manages yeah, but it's, age. Great. It's too it's, like, soon. So gracefully. It is. It is. But, you know, we'll, we're still going to get to see some cool milestones with him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has another MVP season in him either, if he think everything goes right. Of course, tough with the Angels. Maybe if he gets traded. I just, uh, yeah, please, for the love of God, get him on a real team. <laughs> but, yeah, game... Game one ended up sucking. They lost 7-4. Any last comments on game one, Mr. Hogdale? Uh, No, not particularly. Just Pavetta, why? Yeah, Yeah, just sort of a bummer. Uh, So then that brings us to game two. And game game two was pretty exciting, actually. Dodgers scored in the first inning, and then we had Alex Verdugo hit another home run to lead off the game third in the row. Uh, Game two was fun. Game two had a little bit of everything. Oh, yeah. Like, and this was actually, people were, you know, there were a lot of people complaining about Alex Cora's managerial choices in game three, but this was a managerial masterclass. Um, and I say that because we had Pablo Reyes, who was the shortstop, leaving the game. You have Trevor Story in the lineup, so but he's a DH. You need him as your shortstop. He's the best defensive option you get, you have there. So what do you do? You move Rafi Devers to shortstop for an inning. Uh, what, yes. did, what did you think of that move there, getting getting Rafi in to play shortstop for a little bit so that they could remove Story from the shortstop, from the DH spot, so you didn't have to waste another uh, pinch hitter the net, like early and have the pitcher bat? What did, what did you think of that choice? It's fine, I guess. It's also just a, like a, a workload thing for Story. He's still relatively early back in his uh, his return. And like, what? Well, this is the second time this year Rafi's been a shortstop, right? I remember like that happened at some point earlier this year. Doesn't bother like, me. It really. It's doesn't. funny because like, he's still not the worst shortstop to like lace up for the Red Sox this year. It's better than Kike was there. I'm. I don't like how Kike looked to you in this series. By the way, better than he looked here. Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> he seemed, I mean, he didn't look great, but like he just didn't seem miserable. Um, and he seemed yes. miserable at the point. I think he was frustrated that he was losing his regular playing time. I think he was frustrated that he just wasn't playing well. 
Yeah. So I think that, like, honestly, rare trade that's just, like, best case scenario for both teams. You yeah, know? the thing is, um, big thing players. in this game is that, you know, Mookie Vest was exposed as a fraud because what? he he, what? he went three a, for six. What are you talking about? Yeah, he muffed a ground ball to second base that would have been a double play. <laughs> Damn, Red Sox won the trade. What a bomb. That stinks. He did. He did after moving <laughs> in from right field to play second base. He did muff a ball. That happened a little bit later, though. We had another... Uh, you know, Justin Turner hit a home run, another home run against his ex-team. He brought him up to good. 21 homers on the season. But then we had Adam Duvall with the big three-run blast that kind of capped off the sixth inning. They were down 4-2 at that point. Um, you know, it was a uh, James Paxton start. He's just he's just gassed at this point. You know, he's yep. he hasn't pitched a full season in, in quite some time. But they, they don't really have another start. I wonder... Because they've been stretching out Brandon Walter. I wonder if they bring Walter up to, to pitch a game or two. They're, they're using him as a straight pitch seven innings in AAA today. Uh, Would not be shocked at all. If they'd, yeah. Each week goes by, and like the, the bit the socks slip out of playoff contention, I'm like, oh, I probably should have traded him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel on that one. I just don't think that. Yeah, you can do that, but it's it, it's the white flag to the rest of the team unless you're getting another starter back with him. And I, I don't think that the Red Sox way of doing this, this rebuild, has been to just continually tank. I think that they want the guys that they're building around to have the experience of it's playing like, in a playoff chase, which they are getting. I get absolutely, but at the same time, like, yeah, you weren't waving up the white flag, but that sure wasn't a fucking flag of encouragement. That's like, the flag was gray, if anything. <laughs> no, but hey, the one move that they've made, Luis Arias is doing fine. Yeah, he's he's a guy. That's yeah, fine. He's, yeah, he's he's an adequate player. Um, but Better yeah, I would have. I mean, yeah. Retrospectively, do I wish they'd have gotten a re- another relief pitcher? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that's going to bring us though as we continue going. I mean, this is just an exciting game. They kind of just kept chipping away to the Red Sox, which was great because there were some some stressful innings there. Uh, Garrett Whitlock came in, gave up. It didn't look bad, but the second inning, he started getting hit around a bit. Chris Martin came in, got out of the jam on four pitches, got to uh, induce Max Muncie into throwing a temper tantrum that got him ejected from the game. That was funny. Uh, Which, to be fair, pitch wasn't a strike, but Max, Max, honey, you got to be swinging at that ball. You know? You got two strikes on you. It's a close game. And you got a guy on the mound that doesn't walk anybody. You got to protect um, so yeah, he didn't get the call, flipped out. One thing that I noticed with that, though, that ump was really tall. He was just towering <laughs> over everybody yes. there. You had, like, uh, like other players coming out, and it was just, like, he was taller than, like, J- Jason Hayward, who's pretty tall, too. Like, that's just a, just a, a, a large, intimidating umpire of a man there. Absolutely. I cannot wait for the, it's like, again, like I said this last week, it's like, uh, when they implement just some kind of, like, checks on balls and strikes electronically it just it's gonna make the sport so much better like we learned oh, yeah from this lat this last offseason that like every one of those rule changes that all the traditionalists were fucking crying their eyes out about hey guess what they made the games better the product yeah, is better did. and more people are watching you fucking bozos <laughs> Cry I harder. think that if a rule, I don't. So here's the thing: I don't think that you should make rule changes just for the sake of making them. But these were good rule changes; they are good ideas. So don't. Why are you shooting? Well, them yeah, down just don't because- make rule changes that are dumb and make no sense. But like, hey, when it's like, hey, this is a very obvious flaw in the game, and uh, it's turning people off from watching the game. 
Uh, we yeah. should change that, right? No, we. I don't like change. Oh, I'm an old man. We used to do things a certain way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my pretty god, much. man! It'll be awesome. We will be a truly ascended society when that happens. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we get to the last inning and John Schreiber comes in, continues to be a little, little rough, but, uh, with two outs, Mookie Betts steps in. It looks, they're up by three. So it looks like, oh, wow. Mookie's going to hit a grand slam here. Fuck. And, you know, uh, Schreiber throws a pitch down the dick and Mookie flies out to deep. uh, Because he's just so feeble, like bomb. What, we won the trade, guys. Come on. Open your third eye. <laughs> it's a big win, though, in a way. Because if you get... It's a good win. Listen, listen, taking any game in this series, just like how splitting the series with Houston was, ended up being pretty big, they can get swept here. You, can lo- you, you can't lose very many series anymore, but if you're going to lose one that's like... Did, did you expect the Red Sox to steal the series? I didn't. I thought they were going to be lucky to take two or three. If thing is, like, it. absolutely, but, like, man, like, just it just makes this next series against the Astros even more crucial. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah, like, you can't lose you can't lose this series to Houston also unless, like, you know, every other team that you're in contention with falls apart. But this was a big win because they, you know, like, it took the pressure off to an extent. Do you want to win the series today? Yeah, but nice. I, we're going to talk about this. Are you going to do it at the cost of... You know, like there's still a month of baseball left to play. You're going to do it at the cost of the health of your 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 prime relievers. That's something a little different, and you know that's going to take us into game three. But do you have anything about game two that you want to talk about? Anything else? Don't think that's about everything. Cool. Um, so game game three comes ha- comes and happens. And that uh, we just got out of that today. Uh, matchup was it was like an opener for the, uh, you know, the unserious organization using an opener, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, their main guy was, what's Stone's first name? Is that Gavin Stone? I feel like he's a Gavin. I think, yeah, I think it's Gavin. Yeah. Gavin Stone. What kind of a name is Gavin? I have never met a Gavin in real life. I'm pretty sure it's a British name, right? Because huh. I don't hear it too often. Yeah, like Linus. Linus is a British name. Or like, yeah. um, I don't know, what's another british name? James. Yeah, those J- are all... James, all, yes. True. British names. British. Um, but yeah, it was basically Gavin Stone versus uh, uh, Tanner Houck. And to be fair, Houck actually did outpitch Stone, who got hit towards the end of his outing. The thing was, though, they pulled him after his fourth inning of work on 80 pitches because he's still sort of working his way back. And then Chris Murphy came in and, uh, you know, hasn't been pitching his finest. He gave up uh, six runs in four innings. Uh, you know, and it wasn't like one inning where he kind of got blown up. It was sort of just spread out throughout the appearance. One of the fifth, two of the sixth, one of the seventh, two of the eighth. Uh, and, it, you know, you can debate the wisdom of going with Murphy here. Uh, but I don't think that this one's on Cora because when you look at the pen and who was utilized the day before and the points of the season that you're at, Let's just let, let's just we're gonna go over the trustometer in a little bit, but let's just talk about who was who we alternate decisions than going with Chris Murphy in the fifth inning. So, fifth inning. Here are our choices. Do you go Josh Winkowski here after he pitched yesterday and is leading the AL in innings pitched? Do you want to do that? 
probably they're down. They're down. Let me just check the score here. Um, they were down. I think one nothing at this point. Yeah, one nothing. So you can make the case that it was a close game here. But do you, would you have gone Winkowski? Probably not yet. No, too early. Yeah, that's my thought on this as well. Would you? You're not going Chris Martin here. You're not no, going absolutely Kenley not. Jones. Those two were available. I don't think you're going John Schreiber. He threw like 30 pitches yesterday to close that game out. So that's another one down. Garrett Whitlock went uh, one and two thirds and was running on fumes by the end of it. So you're probably not going the oft injured Whitlock either. Yeah. So that leaves you. Uh, Brennan Bernardino has COVID now, which is why Chris Murphy is up. Hey, Penny, you want to stop that? I get it. I get it. You don't like that Chris Murphy came in. Uh, <laughs> And she's so she hates that guy for. She's so insistent but, yeah. about to make yeah. her points. Yeah, she's so mad about Chris Murphy for some reason. Um, but that leaves you then. You've got Chris Murphy, and you've got Mauricio Yavara. Here's the thing, Yavara, you're gonna need as your junk innings if this starts getting out of hand. So you ha- kind of have two choices. Maybe you use Winkowski there, but if the Red Sox get back in it, you're starting to run short on bullpen arms here. So I, you can say, okay, they should have brought up Brandon Walter instead, or they should have brought up Joe Jakes instead, but you're not going to get length out of Jakes. And you're not, if, if you're, you can make the case with Walter, but I don't know how much better Walter is than Murphy, especially if you want Murphy, if you're stretching him out as a starter to give Haxton and some of these other guys a break, maybe Pavetta. I don't know. Do you go Pavetta there? Because I think that's the other option. Is Pavetta after what happened? First of all, he's running on like two days rest. You want to find that of him. Is that a better option than going with Murphy? I I don't think it is. I feel like probably not. I really wasn't too shaken up at Alex Cora like for his managerial decisions that game. Like he's had far worse games than that one. He really he's pretty limited on his options, honestly. I, I really don't blame him too much. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what happened there. I just saw some people like flipping out about the choice there, and uh, people are—they're just mad like, because yeah, they, they, they're I, looking. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking at the wild card games back, and they're they're looking yeah. at four and a half, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, no. And to be fair, like any loss is bad right now, but I just you can't like. What are your other options here? You go Winkowski, he gets hit, or even if he throws a good inning, you can't use him tomorrow against the Astros then. And the guy's already running on fumes at this point. Like, I just, I, I don't think that you can just keep beating that horse until the end of the season on no rest. You know, the, you know what the solution is? Is like, uh, like they're middle of the game and all of a sudden you hear music start playing. It's like, is that Pedro Martinez's music? Yeah. And like he, he comes out of the crowd, you know, come, <laughs> emerges in a full red. And somehow, <laughs> somehow he's 29 years old too. Yeah. I don't know how that yeah, I don't know how he did it, but like he's, he's oh, coming yeah. out. Like fucking like stone cold yeah, speeds or something. Like, you, know, you heard the glass shatter. <laughs> yeah, but you know teams. Are, this is this is kind of where all teams are at now. Teams are tired. That's why you see contenders resting their players. That's why you want to have a nice lead at this point so you can afford to do that. That's why you restock at the at the deadline so you have some healthy arms. And that's, this is also why yeah. like when you play bad teams earlier in the year, it's really important to beat the shit out of them so that when you're at this point of the year, you have a bit of a cushion. So, you know, do you have a you know, options, but you know, uh, we, we, we did not do that sadly. <laughs> but I mean, the thing though, is also that it's, it's a 162 game marathon. People talk about baseball being a marathon all the time, but there's truth in that. If you burn out your bullpen beating Kansas city in May, 
you might not have that bullpen to win games later on. So it's I, sort I, of like you have to pick and choose. Except those Kansas City games in May weren't lost by the bullpen. They were lost by fucking, uh, you know, the batters not being able to hit a lick. With an yeah, it also RA. wasn't against Kansas City. They teamed <laughs> up against Kansas City. Yeah. Well, like, just think of how I'm many just times throwing out a bad team name. Yes. You know? Yeah. Just think of how many times this year the Red Sox faced a dude with an eight ERA and couldn't do a fucking yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's been such a strange season for this team in that regard too. Like Jordan Lyles almost manages to beat them, but then they which is uh, insane. It's yeah. annoying how inconsistent they've been. They're third in total like offense among yeah. all the baseball. They're the third best offense in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> But then, like, they beat up on Julio Urias in game two, who, um, I mean, it, it was interesting getting to see him pitch because I, I, I wasn't crazy about his mix. I was surprised they didn't hit him earlier, but I was very happy when they did the third time around the order. I still consider him arguably the top pitching guy available in free agency, but I was glad to see them bash him, bash him around a little bit. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, they ended up losing the game today. We had a couple of positives. Uh, back-to-back homers by Adam Duvall, who just continues to be red hot in the month of August. Justin Turner hit another bomb. They went back-to-back. Tristan Cassis hit his 21st home run of the year. Um, opposite field, kind of. Oops, I did this by accident, but I'm so freaking strong that it doesn't matter. Literally. Yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. But, yeah, they end up dropping the series. Um, and... That's that's the thing. Like they're, it's a tough team. I didn't expect them to win this series. Was I hoping they would manage to steal it after yesterday? Sure, but you you burnt out the bullpen doing that. You had Tanner Houck pitching who couldn't go over eighty pitches. It's not a good spot to be in. Same as like it's yeah, where they know, are. In terms of like unacceptable series, like this, it's like the worst series of the season. This one's not close to the top. No. in terms of their worst series. It's one of those no. things. The Dodgers are a really good team. Like they're a, a playoff yeah. team. They're absolutely a playoff team. I don't know if they'll go deep because of, like the state of their pitching staff and bullpen, but they're a good team. Yeah, I wanted to talk, mention that too. That I, I honestly, after Freeman and Betts, like just not that impressed with their lineup. Like Smith is a good hitter. Will Smith is a good hitter, but you know you're like giving Jason Hayward, who's not the Jason Hayward of Dave's your uh, Dave's your regular playing time. He's He's all right, but he's not fantastic. Josh Outman doesn't do much for me. Ahmed Rosario is a good player, but you're batting him third, and he's not. He shouldn't be batting third. Like he's not a number three hitter. Um, it's just not. I don't. I don't see them as going that deep. I don't think they have the offensive firepower. I'm not sure they have the pitching to do it. Like again, like Urias is great, but who like Lance Lynn? They traded a lot for. Him. He's leading baseball at home runs allowed. Yeah, he looked a little bit better than with the White Sox, but, you know, he still gave up bombs to Verdugo and Story. So I'm just, I wasn't that impressed, I guess, uh, by by the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. Like the the Dodgers this year, it just kind of seems like a filler year for them. Like, yeah. they, just, they just don't have the horses to like make a deep playoff run like they usually do. And also, yeah. I mean, just with how how good the top end teams in the league are, like I, I yeah. genuinely like baseball playoffs are weird. So obviously, like anything anything can happen. Can happen. But like, fucking, who's beating the Braves, man? <laughs> Braves. I mean, the Philly. I think it's the playoffs are going to be really interesting there for the wild card round because I could see any of the wild card teams going on a run. Oh yeah, they're uh, they're they're all interesting. Like uh, the Phillies are a fascinating team. Who's the best team in the Central there? The Brewers. Like they have pitching. Well, that's the thing is, uh, like the Brewers had been, but the Cubs are like blazing hot right now. 
Like they're yeah, fast just say a Suzuki decided to wake up. He's up to 270 now. Hey, good for Big him. Big Saya fan here. Let me look at the NL Central's like leaderboard right now. All right, so I'm going to ask you something while you look that up, though, Ogden. Absolutely, okay. go ahead. August 27th, 2023. Are you having fun as a Red Sox fan? Oh, absolutely. Uh, th this time last year as a Red Sox fan, I was fucking despairing. So, <laughs> remember Abraham Almonte? Oh, I, yeah, do I? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's with the Mets now. He's gotten playing time with the Mets. So is uh, Jonathan Arauz. Yeah, Abraham Almonte, Almonte, fucking plus Jonathan Arauz, aka uh, really good deep cuts if you play Immaculate Grid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I still think Arouz is going to, like, have one season where he's just inexplicably an amazing utility player. I can see it. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I always liked the guy. I always liked him, but you don't want him to be getting any playing time for your team at this stage. Yeah, the, the, the Cubs have been blazing hot, and it looks like they're pretty uh, – they're only half a game back of a wild card right now, but the Brewers have been equally as hot. They've won eight of their last ten. 73 and 57. Good for them. Good the for problem them. with the I'm Brewers – it's like they always have good pitching. They always have a good bullpen. But, like, the their biggest fucking problem is that their ownership is just a cheap bunch of, uh, you know, bastards. They don't want to pay anyone. They don't want to try to make their team a legit World Series contender. Like, they're going to, like, lose in the first round of the playoffs again, probably, because they're going to yeah, face a real likely. team and lose. <laughs> I mean, who's their who's their biggest hitter, the Brewers, this year? Like, what's their, what's their offense look like? I couldn't That's tell you off the top of my head. I will look it up. <laughs> They're away from like Prince Fielder and Ryan Crom, though. That's all I'm saying. Plus, don't they have like one of the best prospects in baseball? Like Jackson Jurio, yeah. Yeah, like he's not even on the team, which is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's also like, he's like 18 years old or 19 years old. Like, like I don't know, man. Like in a year or like, this is probably going to be like your last year of like, you're, you're really good because you're not going to pay Corbin Burns. We all know you're not going to. You fucking, yeah, that's you know, going to be interesting where he ends up. And I wonder you if fought him tooth and nail over like a couple mil in arbitration. Like you're not going to pay Corbin Burns. Be serious for like five seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not how you do uh, good relationships with your players. Christian Yelich. Yes. Right now he's having a, Oh yeah. Yelich is having a really good year. Yeah. 818 OPS. And then William Contreras second leader in eight with an 801 OPS. Good catch. Good trade there for them. Getting him as a catcher. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot Yelich is back. Yep, him, him and both back. Bellinger's more back, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something because I'm starting my I'm starting up my free agency uh, tracker, and um, I it's very interesting where I'm going to rank Bellinger because I'm kind of dividing it by tiers this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think he's going to be lower top tier. Yeah, I so can I think see I'm that. Place it, probably a top ten guy. I don't think he's going to be above, like, even... I would say... I, I I think I'm going to put Sonny Gray and Josh Hader above him. But he's still going to be a top 10. That's the thing. is like, people gave Bellinger so fast because, like, he had that injury and then he was really bad for about a year and a half. But it's just one of those things, like... Like, you really couldn't have seen him making any kind of recovery. He was such a good hitter. Like, but then you don't just well, forget to hit on that big of a level. <laughs> thing is, though, if you're going to give him, like, a seven, eight-year deal, which I would assume is what he wants, that's a big risk you're taking on a guy that just a year ago hit, like, 160 or whatever it was. So I can understand teams being, like, that low, dropping his price a little bit. I can see there being some fear there. He's been good this year, though. 
thing is, he's, he's so very good, and he's he's always been really good defensively as well. So I mean, yeah, at, at multiple positions, he can play center field or he can play first base for you. Yeah, like fucking Cody Bellinger is a hell of a player, man, and I'm I'm really curious to see where he's gonna land this off season. Like, yeah. uh, I would I say the best for the Padres if it hadn't backfired them so for them so miserably this year. Yeah, I mean, if the Yankees feel like spending money, they'll they might make a run at him because they could use a, a better outfielder. He'd be a perfect fit for the for the Padres if they didn't blow all that money last year. The, God, the Padres are so unbelievably unserious. I can't wait till Juan Soto's on a real team. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't want to talk crap about Xander, but it does seem sort of like I know, do. Thing, like we got beat about <laughs> we got beat by the Nationals, like or whatever, and like they, they're nine games under five hundred now or something. It's like this is you can't build a team with uh, nothing but mercenaries. You can't. In my weekly uh, checkup on Xander Bogart, so I remember last uh, last week you at this point. I had mentioned like, oh, he he actually is at a uh, a three uh, war. He actually gained war. Uh, unfortunately for Xander, he has actually lost war since then. He's to a two point six war on the season. I uh, I believe the average uh, everyday starter in Major League Baseball is about a three win player. So, uh, you know, good for him. One hundred five OPS plus. Uh, again, ten more years, San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I never root against Sanders. Love the guy. Two World Series here, but I'm petty. I'm too petty. That last well, year sounded me so bad on him. <laughs> he was a dick last year, and you can say that that's because of contract negotiations. Fine, but he was still like I don't know. Like I think it leaves a worse taste in your mouth when a guy like William Abreu comes up, and then you go back to Xander being like, "We didn't get anything." Yeah, and it's like no, like, we didn't get anything for the team this year, even though you got Reese McGuire and you got rid of Jake Jake Deakman, which was addition by subtraction. Also, like half of your entire point falls out the window, like when you and half the locker room at the time threw a bitch fit over losing Kevin Plawecki, who legitimately was just a bad player. Just stop. I did have a lot of fun with the 2022 Red Sox, but I'm having no. They they were whiny. The they had a loser mentality. This team fucking is the complete opposite in that regard. They're so much better in every way. This team didn't have their best defensive player for four years and was filling in the gaps with Kike Hernandez, Uchag, and Pablo Reyes, who, no offense towards Pablo Reyes, he's been great, but, like, I, if you told me that opening day that a guy that was a backup for the AAA Oakland team was going to be a, a, a significant <laughs> difference maker, I would have been like, well, this team's fucked. Yeah, literally. It's, and, uh, man, gotta say, like, if there's that's a focus going into next year they really need to work on is uh, maybe getting someone in new to coach the infield defense. Because Yeah, uh, I, I don't know who's in charge of it, if it's Febles. I would Febles. assume it's him because he was um, he was the infielder. I think Tom Goodwin was uh, – is it Goodwin or is the bench coach is Vasquez? I get confused with some of the coaching the, guys. The infield defense coach is Febles. He's the main guy. Oh, yeah. I've, and he's a bad third base coach too. So like, what, what are we? I'm doing sure here? he's a nice guy. I don't want to call for anybody's job, but they got to do something with. I'm him. sure he's a very nice guy. Dustin, yeah, bringing Dustin Pedroia or something. He was a good fielder. That doesn't guarantee you're going to be a good coach, but like, they got to do something because there's just been too many. They get 58 outs above an average, like point blank, is just fucking unacceptable. Yeah, like no, you can't. And I think it's a focus thing more than a physical ability thing because, like, Devers was much better last year there. I wonder how much of it also with Devers has been getting used to a new shortstop and not knowing what that guy can do. It could be that, but also, like, it's weird because, again, I pointed this out at the beginning of the season. For about the first month and a half, Rafi was really, really good defensively at third base. Yeah. Like, at one point in the season, it was, like, 90th percentile outs above average. 
And like, then he just fell off a cliff. And again, like I, I really do think it's a thing with infield coaching because Tristan Cass is coming up. No one was concerned about his defense coming up. They're like, this guy is a bona fide first baseman. He is not at all a bat first guy. This is a dude who can really hold his own defensively. First well, he was base. always a, he was always a bat first guy, but like that's also just because his hitting is really that much good. better. But yeah. like yeah, he was never considered a slouch defensively at first base, and then all of a sudden he comes up and it's like, oh wow, this guy can't field. What's up with yeah. that? Like maybe it's something it's, that they're gonna. Maybe yeah. it's a you problem, guys. Maybe it's a fucking you problem. <laughs> when it's this many guys having issues, like I don't know, and it's like just this many blunders. Like we've just seen so many stupid. Like we didn't even talk about that in the first game with like uh, Col- uh, Connor Wong just like not being a hundred percent sure what was going on at third base. Like, what is the third base coach's job if not to like? literally like know where they're supposed to be running like i'm not listen i'm not gonna pretend that i like some kind of experienced professional baseball player but you would think that that would be part of the third baseman's oh. job is to third base coach's job is to keep these mistakes from happening like it's also safe- this just reminds me also just it's so laughable earlier in the year like the red sox like leaked to like uh to the press to like their, their local beat reporter guys like oh hey you know cassis you know he doesn't listen to the infield coaches. Like he's not doing the drills that we want him to do. And that's why he's struggling defensively. How much more laughable does that fucking article look now this late into the season with how bad in general you guys, it's laughable. You stink. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know with that one. That's, that's one of those things that it's kind of like, it just seemed like a, um, they were getting used to each other. The coaching and Cassis, they were still getting to know each other, but it's a thing. Yeah. This, it's the Heimbloom Red Sox are notorious. Nothing gets out. And he like, and like, it's a very tight ship there one. There's no leaks. And all of a sudden, just randomly one week, it's like, oh, you know, coaches are saying that Tristan Cassis is hard and he doesn't do the drills we want. Like, no, that's an intentional leaking. Like they were trying to send a message there, trying to convey yeah. that like, you know, he's uh, you know insubordinate. Again, it, it was just laughable. <laughs> well, but how's he done since then? You know, it's like kind of like with Verdugo getting benched. It, you, you, you could not like it at the time, but kind of can't, can't deny the results. I mean, again, like, man, like fucking the Dookie thing. It's like, oh, was it he got benched and now he's playing better? Or was that, you know, he's a bit more removed from his fucking grandma dying. So now he's in a better mental state. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't blame I don't blame them for benching him if he's if he's showing up late to practice. No, go ahead, bench him. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, that was just another thing at the time. It was a weird yeah. thing where it's like, again, the Red Sox are shifting all this blame on Doogie and like being like, hey, you know, this dude's just his behavior is just unacceptable. And it's like, guys, you benched him earlier in the year at a time when he was the only dude producing on the team consistently. Like, forgive me if I think like you're being a bit asinine right now. <laughs> Could be. Could be. But um it's going to bring us finally to our first uh, regular segment. We've got our big stick and uh, son of a pitch. So yeah. who is your pick for uh, for big stick? Ogdale? There were a few good offenses. This is actually kind of a tough one because the like Duvall fucking fantastic. He's on another one of his like, you know, notorious heaters. But in this one, and it could just be again, like just because I'm so happy to see him raking again, but I'm going with Algo. Like again, like what three games in a row with a, a leadoff home run? Like, yeah, dude, just super impressive. He's got it back. He's got his confidence back. He's always been amazing defensively, obviously. And I was really impressed with his bat this series. 
And a uh, really nice play to rob uh, Freeman of another double. Oh, absolutely. Doogie's fantastic out there in right field. It's just it's very conflicted with him because, like, to me, it's just – I feel like he's going to get traded, and it really bums me out. <laughs> I don't know. And um, I'm picking him, too. I, it was between him and Turner for me because Turner hit a couple of – Oh, Turner, too. Runs, Great really series. Good, did some really good stuff against his former team, and he's doing it on, like, one foot, basically. Yes. Um, so it was close, but I think Doogie having, like, the two home runs to lead off – it was such a it was such a tone setter. Absolutely. So I go, I'm going with Doogie there. Um, yeah, I guess this is as good a time as any to talk about that. Uh, this is going to be a long episode, and that's fine with me. But uh, do you trade Alex Verdugo at the deadline? Or not at the deadline, just during the offseason. <sighs> You're left on his contract coming off. This is going to be a career best season for him. He's almost a four-war four player right now. That's the thing. Is like, I understand, like, like – yeah, amazing, great defensively, really good bat. Uh, I I just I love he's a good energy guy, but like it seems to me like uh, I don't know you benched him multiple times. Clearly, like at points of the season they don't like his attitude. So like, say you trade him and like you know you want more balance in your lineup and you go out and sign like a guy like a Teoscar Hernandez, would I be heartbroken? Like, I would. It would hurt to lose Doogie at the same time if you're bringing in a guy like him. Then I'm like, it's tolerable. You Plus, don't... you're getting assets back for whatever you're trading Verdugo for. The thing is that you don't necessarily have to sign a free You can sign a free agent, but you have a guy who, at the very least, is going to be a positive defensively in AAA right now in St. on Raffaella. Yes. And that's somebody that you kind of have to decide if you want to commit to that or not, because then you can play him in center, or you can even play him in right. You know? You can literally um, then, wherever the fuck you, you can, want. <laughs> yeah. You can put Yoshida in left. You can put uh, Duran in center. You still have Ref Snyder. You have a guy like William Abreu is depth, who I think is a major league caliber outfielder. You kind of can you have some options there right now, and you can sign a veteran to fill in as like uh like like an Adam. You can even bring back Duval for a year if you do it. So I'm not, I'm not sure there. Because at, at the same time, you have a guy with Verdugo who has a really nice floor. We've seen his floor, and it's like 280, 10 home runs, 30 doubles. And now that he's like gotten into better shape, you know the defense there. I think you have to sit down, and you have to sit down with him too, and really talk like, what What are we going to do here? Are we going to trade you? Can what you kind of commit, contract are you looking for? If we're giving you five years, can you commit to being a leader? Can you commit to showing up every day early? Can you commit to guiding the new guys, the younger guys? Is that something? Can you commit to doing the work during the off season to stay in shape? Can you show up on time? Like, and, and, like, and it's funny, but it's it's a real question because it's you have true. guys that the guys that you give the extensions to, they either have to ha their talent level has to be otherworldly, or they have to be willing to put in the work like that. Absolutely, Verdugo's really good. He's a guy who's a borderline all star. I, I would not be surprised. Like he could was, he could have been an all star this year. But you kind of have to have that if you're committing to him. And you have other guys that are outfielders and you have people that are going to be free agents. Every offseason, there are more free agents that can fill in the gap. You have Roman Anthony a few years away. You have um, some other guys down there that might develop. You know, is a he's a good player. Is he a guy that you invest in for a long time? I don't know if he is unless he can really commit to those things. Absolutely.
That's the thing is that he's just attempting trade peaks because he's at the peak of his value. And he, you got another year of control left under him. And like, again, like you're going to be looking for, uh, you know, pitching help in the off season. Like, is he a guy who uses a centerpiece, maybe, you know, a few other pieces to like, you know, get a, I don't know. <laughs> well, how about a team that needs offense like uh, Cleveland that has a bunch of pitching or even Tampa? Like you have teams that have pitching and need offense. He's affordable. He's affordable, and he's a guy that you might be able to extend, so I could see him being a learn. He also has a reputation now, though, of a guy who's gotten benched like three times in one season. You know, might not be the most mature player, so how's that going to factor in? You don't, you really don't know. Um, so it's an interesting conversation. I I can kind of see either side of it. Same. Um, yeah, but it's definitely going to be something that we're talking about during the offseason, uh, what they end up doing with him. Um, so son of a pitch, who do you have? Who's the pitcher of the series for you? Another kind of tough one. I mean, in any of the games, was there anyone that was like really overly impressive? Like, no, which is why it's, it's difficult because Cutter Crawford pitched well, but they lost the game. It's a weird one for me. Like I'm I'm looking at the performances right now. I'm going to tell you who I'm picking. I'm going to tell you who I'm picking. There weren't a lot of good picks, but there was one guy who got the win. He faced one batter and then got sick, but he struck out Freddie Freeman. He pitched well in the first game, and he's pitched well all season, and we're not going to have a better opportunity to give him this. So I'm going none other, and I'm going to use his real full name here, like such Rumpelstiltskin. Brennan Bernardino, but Biddle himself is my pick. Yeah, I think I have to agree. He, he's the who like showed up in more than one appearance and was actually. So yeah, I am also gonna have to agree, giving it to to Booby below. Yeah, I mean Chris. And listen, Chris Martin got a great got a got a big out when he needed it, but he I think he only pitched one game. So. Uh, one appearance, bum. What a yeah, fraud. annoying. <laughs> is that Penny or is that Sapphire that's screaming? That, that's definitely Penny Sapphire right now. Penny, stop it! I'm, I'm looking at Cut Sapphire it out, right now. Penny, cut it out. She's actually running in her dreams. It's very cute. Oh, I love when dogs do that. Oh, man. we Penny's just so confused because we're moving. I feel so bad. Poor Penny. I know. She's such a good girl. Um, so that, that's going to bring us, though, to um, my personal favorite award that we give out. Um, why don't you describe it this week? I gave two graphic of a description last week, I think. <laughs> yep, we're back. The Red Sucks Award. The Poops. We are here. And to me, I think the... the- clear cut because uh, like his performance limp socks from winning a very winnable game and that's gonna nick pavetta the absolute fraud <laughs> unfortunately he's like i said earlier his yearly win sanity run is i've said this many seasons two wolves inside of him the greatest pitcher of all time worst pitcher of all time and right now it appears he is referring to his worst pitcher of all time level of play and it makes me deeply sad because i enjoy seeing him shove but that was a really winnable game, and his performance was the difference maker in the wrong end for why they lost that one. So, you know, Nick Pavetta, love you. You're handsome, and you're Ryan, you're number one in Ryan Brady's heart, but sadly... And you're not a bad pitcher. No, not a bad pitcher, but sadly, you are the reciprocant of the poop sock today. Yeah. Another question just, like, regarding offseason plans. I think um, Pavetta's arbitration eligible. Are you going to tender him an offer? Or are you going to say, we'll get your production somewhere else? Man, it's tough, man. Like, fucking, I don't hate bringing him back at depth. 
like there's options because like they're Red Sox are going to be this off season. They have so much shit that they can do and what they're that they you know probably end up doing. Like, I think they're going to bring up bring in at least two pitchers, frontline starter if not two. They might do one and then like a middle of the rotation guy. Really want to be serious about competing? They should be looking to bring in two frontline guys, but like you still need depth and like what the thing is for me is like do you uh keep Pavetta uh like with the idea of like you know Cutter Crawford has a lot of value and control right now you trade him for like one of those said front frontline starters with a package of a lot of other guys or you know hey you move on from Pavetta uh you know just keep Crawford as your back end you know four or five starter and like move on from there like I it's I wouldn't hate decision I see both decisions and we know Pavetta's a, a playoff performer. Like he's when the light, but like I could definitely see to let him walk. Yeah, I think I would. I I would go with keeping him just because it's good to have the continuity and there's more potential to that arm. You know him better than a lot of the guys that are going to be coming in, and the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. So, and absolutely. I think that if he and he's also, it's just good depth if you start him in the season as like a bullpen kind of long man type. Then if somebody gets hurt, you can stretch him out and move him back in the pen. He's proved that he can uh, he can kind of swap roles and be flexible there if you need him to be. So I think that that's I think he'd be worth bringing back. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the poop sock for this week. Um, any final thoughts on that, Hogdale? While I look for um, our questions for three up, three down. Uh yeah, I mean just. I like Pavetta a lot and I really hope he bounces back. I really hope this isn't just a downward spiral for the rest of the season. Cause that could really harm his value if that ends up being the case. But uh, yeah, man, just a rough outing. And when the Sox really kind of needed him to perform. <laughs> Let me see here. Three up, what three question down. did we want to have? Okay. There was one that I saw that I like really, really liked. Um, so I'm just trying to find it real quick. Uh, because we did have some news since our last episode, unfortunately. And um, aside from, we just had like a really bad one-two punch of one Steven Strasburg's career is over. And two, Shohei Otani um, uh, has a tear in his UCL and is not going to pitch again this year and might need a second Tommy John surgery. Yep. Uh, so that sucks. But um, we've got a three up, three down coming. And there was a question about Otani on that that I really liked. Uh, one second, sorry. <laughs> no, it's no problem at all. Yeah, it was an Otani. But basically, um, as I try to find it so I can load it. There we go. Okay. So the question is, and this is from Red Sox Rally. What are your thoughts on Shohei this offseason with his recent injury? He's, he's still going to get paid, but how much does this change if you would want him on the Red Sox? <laughs> Thing is, is like, does this reduce the chances of him getting six hundred million? Obviously, will he still might get five hundred? Probably. I mean, the thing is, even without his pitching, this is a dude who can OPS over a thousand for you easily. He's done it multiple times. <laughs> With just his bat, he's such a valuable guy. Say he can't pitch next year, okay? You still have a dude who's a really good pitcher, like a like presumably for the next eight years, because he's probably going to get a 10-year deal. Like I, With the way free agency works and the way multiple teams are going at it, he's still probably going to get 10 years. So it's like, okay, fine. We miss out on him pitching for one year, and then we still get him yeah. for another fucking eight. 
And like, say like, you know, you don't want him to be a starter. Okay, fine. And he'll be the best closer in the league. <laughs> yeah. This is dude... he seems af- he's athletic enough that you could have him third a position. I would not be like, you oh, could yeah. put him at first base. You could put him in the outfield. He's fast. Put him in, put him in left field. Put him in right you field. You can put him wherever you want. Like he's an ultra talented athlete. And uh, like, this is a guy like statistically, he's a dude who based on uh, the pressure of the situation elevates his game. So like really he'd be just an insane closer. He, like, I really do think like if he, they made him a closer, he'd be the best closer in the league. <laughs> He'll be phenomenal. Yeah. So are you going to be affected a bit? It's not going to be as much as a lot of people know. Like he, he's still going to get one of the biggest bags, if not the biggest bag this league has ever seen. <laughs> I think that there's a chance that it, it, it's going to lower his value a little bit, just because you never know with a surgery. Like, you know, this is second time if he needs it. Um, this is kind of like my second part of this. And that's just, do you want the Red Sox to pursue Shohei Otani this offseason? God, I want them to, but at the same time, man, like fucking, like, especially if he's not pitching, we already have too many. <laughs> like if you could find a way to move one or two of our DHs in order to get Otani on the team. Absolutely. Again, he's an unreal, he's a generational talent. He's a once in a hundred years talent. I would fucking love him on the Red Sox, but like in just terms of like where our roster construction's at right now, it's like, dude, where's he playing? Like, yeah. And it's also, and this is what it sucks, but they want sustainability, and this isn't how you get sustainability. With, with that said, if you're going to throw the bag at any player, you throw the bag at the player that can do more, a bunch of things and that has that generational talent and that show hang. Um, I would love for them to try to get him. If they got him and they just like said, screw it, here's, here's this giant sack of money, I, I'm not going to complain. I just don't expect them to, and I can understand why. Like, how much did Juan Soto turn down? Like, $480 million. No, $440 million. So if Juan Soto got offered $440 million and he turned that down, like, Otani's going to get $500 million, guys. Like, (laughs) he's just going to. He's real talent. Like, what what even is the biggest contract right now, like, in history? Is it Judge? I think it's got to be Judge if you're going, like, yearly. Yeah. Like, yeah, what's Judge's AAV right now? I mean, there was Judge last year, there was Judge, and there was Turner, Corey. There were a bunch of these guys last year. DeGrom got a bunch of money. Scherzer and Verlander got a bunch of money. I don't don't know. Judge is getting $40 a year. I got to imagine that's the standard right now. So, like, like I think the the bare minimum he gets is, like, $450 But, like, again, with how free agency works, how marketable he is as a player, which is a huge thing for them, for whatever Dude, team gets meeting, him. Winter meetings are going to be batshit this year with that. Yeah, he's going to he's probably going to get 500 million. I would not be shocked at all. Yeah. Um so we didn't get any other questions for three up three down, so I'm just going to say off the top of my head a question for you and then you I'll answer it and you give one to me, okay? Okay. Here's my question for you, Hogdale. You talk about pizza a lot. What's your favorite pizza. food? That's a good one. Uh, you know, as a fat person, you know, this is a very important question existence <laughs> to my core being as a person uh it probably is honestly and i never pizza's one thing i almost sick of it's either that or fried chicken because like fucking that, that shit never gets old and you can always at least with pizza you can always switch it up if things are getting you know a bit too stale Do you have but, a favorite like toppings for your pizza i mean not real i'm pretty basic i just get like a pepperoni pizza <laughs> pepperoni or cheese <laughs> your boy pretty solid i'm more of a I, you know it's funny because i eat pizza more but i like i think i actually like calzones better 
of the two, but I, I just feel don't that. get them that much because it's like with a pizza, you can just have like a slice. With a calzone, you have to eat the whole thing. Also, honorable mention, but it's not like a main dish. Like in terms of like the best appetizer or best side, cheese balls are just the greatest thing that oh, have ever been created. God damn, yeah, they're I so mean, fucking delicious. I could eat beef teriyaki until I die. That's one of the things for my yes. That, like I was, that was almost like a non-negotiable for me. Like we get to pick five hors d'oeuvres for that, and it was like, no, we're doing beef teriyaki. Beef teriyaki like, honestly, is delicious. Most most wedding hors d'oeuvres, pretty good with. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think my pick, though, if it was, like, just one food that I could just eat indefinitely, um, really, I, you know, I like I like uh, Texas ribs, and they're, like, not good for you, and you really can't have them more than, like, two or three times a year, but that's my, that's my comfort food. I feel Texas it. Texas beef ribs. I'm vibing with it. Um, all right, so you're quite, now you pick the question, and then we'll be done with this. You know, my question for you, Ed, is like, you know, how do you cope with like every day, like waking up and like you're just like you're just like so talented, like just so handsome, massive. Oh dick. wow! Like, how do you cope oh. with this, man? Um, I bought a lot of Zoloft, so that helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that no, that that is true. I've been on antidepressants since uh, two thousand no two thousand eighteen, and those have been really. Um, really helpful for me uh like honestly like i i didn't get into the uh like the baseball scene until like uh 2020 i think was when i sort of started with Sox prospects but i kind of avoided i grew up playing app until like from the time i was like 11 but i just didn't really talk to your regular fans because like my none of my friends were into baseball and none of my um the, 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 like you know like my experience with like listening to fans was like talk radio and everybody on that is like fucking stupid so <laughs> i just assumed that like nobody worth talking to like and most people that do app are in their 60s at this point so it's kind of like i just assumed nobody in my age group was into it and then i had kind of like a quarter life crisis in 2018 and i started working in baseball again and um I was also, uh, long story short, I was in a really bad car accident and um, ended up going on Zoloft after that and sort of like refocused my life. I was working for, I'd been with Amazon for like four years, working on the Alexa there. And I, uh, yeah, I switched, kind of switched fields into doing more baseball media related stuff and getting my master's degree now. Um, that's kind of how I ended up where I am now and, you know, still still on that path but uh i wasn't in a particularly good place for pro like the first i would say seven years of my adult life uh and the zoloft has helped a lot so that is that that's what my that's my round of answer hogdale yeah how about therapy, you therapy and antidepressants are a there good i did go to therapy for two years after the accident too always a good thing well so yeah but what's uh what's your answer how uh, do you cope every day being so handsome and talented uh raw dog in it bro Thing is, uh, like, uh, I grew up my entire, yeah, I grew up my entire life uh, just knowing I was never going to drink and never going to do drugs. That's the thing I just had no interest in, mostly because uh, I, I I like having complete one hundred percent control of my brain. <laughs> I don't. I don't want, so that's actually really uh, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I just the idea of like letting uh, my my thoughts like run into places I don't want them to. Don't appreciate that. I have dark thoughts, so. <laughs> I mean, I like, do too. I just like I like to kind of like ruminate on them. I mean, also like yeah, just not not to get too deep, but like fucking yeah. uh, I don't know. I saw a lot of the people in my life that I loved, like the way that they coped was uh, you know through like you know 
drinking a lot or like right. through those kinds of substances. I just like saw them and I saw them being reliant on that. And I was just like, you know, it's like, man, do I really want to be like that? Like, do I really want to have to do this thing just to function? Like, or do I yeah. just want to like, you know, sit here and like f- really figure it out? And luckily I've never, yeah, I haven't seen scary. It's a scary, it's a very scary thought. And that was why it took me a while to go yeah. on antidepressants was, was actually the same kind of reasoning. There. And so I never yeah. ever want to feel like, like when I, I, I'm talking about like how I live my life, like I'm on this fucking pedestal above people. Dude, I get it. Life's hard. It's really hard. And I understand like if people need to do something to like get through their life, I understand and like keep doing it and don't feel bad about it. Like, man, but like, it's just something like, I never had any interest in. So like, uh, for the most part, I and when I was we, I was broke growing up, so like I we I didn't have money to see a therapist. <laughs> so fucking like uh, I went through a lot of years where like it was really dark, uh, and I just kind of like got through it. So, uh, like uh, the the really bad thoughts, the really the darkest thoughts, like to me were never an option because uh, my dad instilled them to me to, uh, at a very young age. And this is a very I do not mean this to offend anyone who has had suicidal thoughts. Like my dad always taught me that suicide was the coward's way out. And I guess I internalized that because it was never even an option for me. I just never even thought about it. I've had thoughts of like, uh, you know, like driving in traffic, like, man, if I veered left here into oncoming traffic, I'd just die. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> wild, man? Dude, that's crazy. Can yeah, you imagine? You're just, a like, a, you're just a ghost in a meat suit, man. But yeah, I got nothing against that. And I know why my dad said that to me because he had friends very close friends yeah follow through on that and i understand like he just didn't want to lose any of his kids that way so he instilled that but like yeah man i mean fucking <laughs> there's plenty of points in my life where i should have been in therapy like especially in high school i was in a very dark place and i was not in a, a very good i can't space. imagine high school hogdill just because i feel like you like were born 40 years old and you know like i just you're like you you you're, you seem so much older to me than you actually are I, I get that literally from everyone. I think that's a I'm coping sure mechanism. Do. And it's not like, I don't think it's an old, like, I hate when people are like, oh, they're an old soul. No, like, you have, you're too, you're, you have, like, your, your, like, things that you're in that, into that are not, like, 40 year old things. Like, you're super into, like, anime and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. Dudes like that. But, like, you seem to just have, like, a perspective on, like, a, you don't let things get too high or too low. And I feel like that's very unusual for people until their brains are fully developed when they're, like, 28. Yeah, I mean, I do that. The thing is, like, I do have moments like where my where things are too high or too low, but I really try to make my my default just happy. I've worked for many years just to try to make my default mood happy. <laughs> and it's lately, not a bad thing, though. I don't my, think that's a bad thing at all. No, my last two in like the last two years, like ever since I really switched jobs, like fucking, I've been there. This is the happiest I've probably ever been in my entire life. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's shown also just like I feel like with the podcast and we're going on for a bit here. So we'll go to our next segment in a minute, but I feel like, I don't know if it was just when you got the job, but something really clicked this season for you. And you've just been like a lot more like spot on, like your confidence level, I think. Cause you used to, I feel like hang out more in the background and now you're like, you're freaking hosting episodes half the time. You're like <laughs> you're actually right. like going, like you're much more assertive. And that's like, it's, it's just been, I think I said this last week. I, I literally just think it's, it's the, my job. Like, when you work at a pawn shop, you're just forced to break bad news to people all the time. <laughs> so it just desensitizes you. I think it just by me doing that just made me more assertive. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. So anyway, that was three up, three down. If you don't want to listen to Hogdale and me talk about our, uh, our deep philosophical thoughts, life. Things. Yeah. Uh, then uh, when I, when I post that we're looking for questions, go, go and post one, you know, like, that's the that's, thing is like, I, yeah, this is our, always... this is our backup is us just shooting the shit about this. We like doing like, it. 
I've never had a problem with like discussing like those like the de- the deeper kind of topics. I I love that kind of shit because I especially like with men and men's mental health. I feel like oh, it's just yeah. a thing that people just don't talk about, yeah. and it's just like it's important to talk about it, it and not to feel ashamed to talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's just to maybe like you know you can think things that are different than other people without um, like feeling bad about it. Like that's I I feel like that's something that I appreciate with these episodes that we do is that like I'm Dale and I are a hundred percent on a lot of things like. I don't know, like, we, I, I think that we're good at getting to, like, a main philosophical point that where we're in agreement, but, like, I don't know, like, I've never felt like you're, like, fuck this guy for thinking differently than me. No, I've, I've really tried to get away from that as I've gotten more and more older, because, like, I was sure, like, would browse Twitter, and, like, I just see people be so angry all the time, and I'm just like, am I really this mad about things? Do I come across like this? So it's like fucking like maybe I need to just think it's like at the end of the day this is just a fucking opinion about sports which is a thing that does not matter at all. <laughs> I mean, it matters in some ways, but it's not like it's not well, like listen, that either. That's the thing is what I'm saying though is like I'm sports obsessed. I spend most of my free time watching sports, like whether it's you know baseball, football, soccer, hockey, fucking uh, you know basketball on occasion. But like fucking in terms of like uh like the be all end all of like, and like things that are going to ruin my mood for the day is like, am I really going to let that ruin my fucking mood? Like, come on. No, no, it can sometimes like there are definitely a mo- mo- moments where it's more than it's bigger than sports, but that's why you, you note it when that happens. Like this is bigger. Yes, than sports. absolutely. Uh, so you want to do trust meter now? Yeah, might as well. All right. Let's go hit up that trust meter Trustometer. Brought to you by old Eddie hand. Yeah, that's I'm I'm our own sponsor. Let's go. And it's even pinned. Look at that. I actually had <laughs> forgotten to do that until I went to find the question for three up three down, and I was like, oh shit. Let's go. This is the uh, the Bibble gets COVID edition of the trust meter. <laughs> At number eight, got Mauricio Lavera. Yeah, that's fair. He hasn't really been super exceptional of late. He hasn't been the worst pitcher I've ever seen. No, he hasn't been. He's not like Shadow Realm bad, which I feel no. like for some reason people want him to set sent there. And it's like, he's got good stuff. I just wouldn't say I, I trust him yet. I 100% get that. Uh, and I, I definitely agree with that too. Number seven, Chris Murphy. I mean, yeah, I mean, he kind of has to be here after. I, I, it's getting close. He Yavera could surpass him if we have another outing where he gives up a bunch of rums, Murphy, and Yavera doesn't get lit up. Yeah, unfortunate fucking uh, performance from Chris Murphy. Uh, don't like to see that from him. Hopefully, he can improve in the next few. I think he's number- tired. I think he's tired, Murphy. Like this is yeah. He's pitching deep into the season. He's been a starter, and it's different. Like more when you have to do like more makeup and everything like that. Like it's just, and he's throwing harder than he ever has before. So I, I think he's just wiped out. Hundred uh, percent. At number six, a guy who's quickly tra- tailing these two with uh, the way his performance was is Nick Favetta. Uh, yeah, man, just uh, rough, really rough. And bummer, bummer. Like, but we've seen enough from him at times too that like it's not like he's like dead to the world. No, yeah. like uh, his trophy that he's built up over time. He hasn't run through all of it yet, though. He's he's working on it. <laughs> Much like my uncle when he went on, you know, he hasn't completely yanked out his four hundred one k yet. <laughs> Gonna do um, it. He's going to make it. At number five, Garrett Whitlock, who's just been kind of shaky since he's come back from injury. The problem is that it's the second inning he's getting hit. And they need they need him to be a multi-inning guy, but he's pitched basically. He's been so much more effective as a one-inning guy. 
100%. That could just be a thing of him working back through it. And uh, I still, he still has flashes where he looks like the Garrett Whitlock that he used to be. Yeah. But he's he's working through it. He's getting back into it. The so, velocity's I mean, been up, so that's really nice. Yeah, that's encouraging that his velocity's been up. But he just needs to work on, you know, being a bit more consistent. Yeah. At number four, John Schreiber. I mean, this was a t- it was really tough between Pavetta, uh, Whitlock, and um, Schreiber here. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I know what you're going to say. He's gotten into trouble just about every inning he's been in. He's gotten into trouble, but he hasn't been severely damaged, yeah. which is, like, why he's here. <laughs> yeah. He's been able to, like, he got this. There's a reason they went with him as the closer the other day. Absolutely. And I don't blame him, blame it at all. And uh, I get he's a guy where it's like you know, he's working through things. Like, he, he got injured earlier this year. He's still figuring things out again. Yeah. Yeah, number but like yeah. Uh, normally Babibble would be uh, ahead of him. By the way, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Number three, Josh Winkowski. Uh, some of like the shaky stuff from a bit earlier after the All Star break is starting to creep in again. He's tired. Yeah, again, just tired. Like fucking dude, he's like almost at seventy innings. Yeah. Like, it's just things like just you got to use him for one inning. And you got to get him like rest time. It's just how yeah. it works. But like it's just, it's just a like, realistic thing with him. But it's like today, like would it have been great to have been able to bring him in the fifth? Yeah, but you can't. You just you can't. He's he's, he's on fumes. You don't want him he's to burn out his arm and get that. You can't use a next year either. Then too. Absolutely, and yeah, it's just a. I just realized, man, like just a really shaky week in general for like the bullpen. It's like, yeah. Which is just it's a that bummer. time of year. It's that time. Yeah, of it's. Year. It, it is that time of year, to be fair. That is a very good point. I'm sure a lot of teams are dealing with this kind of situation. Yeah, I could really use a guy like Ryan Brazier now. I fucking hate everything. I, I hate everything <laughs> that he's been that good. So annoying. He's a man fucking team. Why he's didn't terrible. think of that? Just teach the man a cutter. Why Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, hey, yeah, Dave Bush, uh, like you couldn't have shown him how to throw a cutter? Are you serious, dude? Like, <laughs> uh, They need to revamp their pitching like development department. And like you know, it's like the pitch creation department, I think is what it's called. And like, hey, you know, maybe we need to figure out like maybe these things tunnel better than others. <laughs> like, let's figure. One it of out, my guys. favorite things that I've I've heard in any interviews that um that I think it was the minor league guys that did it with Hunter Dobbins. He's talking about I forget which pitch it was that he throws, but he was like, yeah, it's been really bothering my elbow to to throw this. So they taught him a splitter, and it didn't hurt him. And he took off and got promoted to Double A, and he's been like a he's. He's gone from being kind of like an, oh, he's interesting to a, this guy might really be a big league pitcher, even if it does a relief. That's how it works, though, with pitchers, man, especially at, like, this high of a level. It's like sometimes it's just something so subtle as, like, hey, finding a new pitch to, like, you know, experiment with. And, like, yeah. oh, shit, this plays really well off my fastball. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of cool. The Dodgers like, have shown this that. over and over again with their cheating lab. Like, fucking, we just, we need to take notes. <laughs> We just need to take notes, dude. Like we fuck. need to break into their cheating lab and steal their notes. Uh, genuinely, them and the Rays. Like we need fucking yeah. to figure these things out. And the the Guardians too. Like let's just let's not be picky here. Yeah, it's all the cheating labs, all of them. <laughs> That's gonna be our off season caper. We're just gonna yeah. rob all of the the cheating labs. Number two and number one have been static for what seems like the last fucking eight eternities. <laughs> oh my god, I, I, it is so lucky though with number two that he's not hurt long term. Thank God he's not, because, like, yeah, it'd be really concerning if he was. Uh, two's yeah. Kenley. Number one's Chris Martin. I, I I don't really have anything to add. They're both really good. <laughs> I want Chris Martin to get a Cy Young Award vote. 
He's not going to, but I want him to. God, this reminds me that Felix Bautista got hurt. Now I'm sad. That sucks that he got hurt. I mean, it's good for the Red Sox since they, they have some games against the Orioles coming up. Bad for my fantasy team. Yeah. Also, like, what a great nickname. The Mountain. Like, how how good of a nickname is that? Like, dude, he had three three war as a fucking yep. closer. Like, yep. get out of here, man. Yeah, it's so <laughs> insane. Martin's, though, to be fair, Martin's is like 2.5, I think, or something. Like, like yeah, that's uh, amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. And those are all high leverage innings for the most part. Yeah. But if you like baseball, you don't want somebody like that getting hurt. Like, I, I do think it's funny, though, because, like, anytime you're like, oh, you know, Felix Bautista, he's sticking up for the Cy Young. No, he is absolutely not. Shut up. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. We, we left relievers getting Cy Youngs back in the fucking 1980s where it should be. Just stop well, it. What about Eric Gagne? <laughs> he won a Cy Young. I, I, I almost guarantee if I looked up that season, he didn't deserve it. <laughs> I think he had done something stupid, though. Like, he saved, like, 50 games in a row or something. Just that is absurd. Year. I think he – did he win the MVP that year? He might not have. I, I don't remember. But and, and anyway, uh, yeah, that's our uh, – that's the old trust meter. Um, like, fucking uh, – Nolan Ryan got robbed of a Cy Young because of one of those bogus, like, uh, you know, reliever Cy Youngs for a guy that absolutely did not deserve it. <laughs> it's like it was just some random bozo on the the, the Guardians, then Indians. You ready for our uh, preview for the next series? Absolutely. Okay. We keep saying this, but it's another big series. This one's against Houston. Um, I need to check out what the what, what what's the Astros record right now. It's probably uh, pretty good, right? Really good. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, like the Astros. First place. Let me see here. I'm just looking this up right now. The Astros. 74 and 58. Oh, yeah, you're not going to. What are they? 74 and 58. 74 and 58. So that's pretty good. And what are the Red Sox? <sighs> what are we right now? We are. Uh, 69 and 62. Yep. Not bad. Not yeah, bad you know something that's, yeah, they need to win 12 more games to finish at 500. And I think that they've got a month, over a month of games to go. I think they're going to do it. I think that they're at least. I can't say enough how much better this team is than last year's team, like it's, in every it's, way. It's, I mean, some of that's because they've stayed healthy, but some of that's because they've had a functional bullpen. <laughs> so also that's because, because, yeah. It's also because half their team leaders didn't throw a fucking entire bitch fit over, you know, a less than favorable trade deadline. Yep. Absolutely yep. could have done again this year, but didn't. Yeah, it's nope. fine. Nope. <laughs> it's appreciated. I just remember, and this is one of the funniest things that has happened to me since uh, I have been um, in, involved in Red Sox Twitter. But uh, my one source, um, I had made a tweet that was like, <laughs> the Red Sox better not be feeling sorry. Like, I hope they're not feeling sorry for themselves. And it's just a tweet. It's, I get a, like, a DM from him and he goes, we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We just need to stop playing bullshit baseball with like a bunch of angry yeah, emojis. Angry emoji. And, like and it was one of like, the I was like, you know what? They're going to bounce back. And they did. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. They've been resilient all year. We'll see if they can continue being resilient. But this is a another. No, every series is big now. They've got a big one against another rival. And that's I'm very Astros happy that like play. after this series against the Astros, they at least get a little bit of reprieve from the drowning by like just getting a random series against the, the Royals. <laughs> yeah, they get the Royals and then they get the Rays. Who... Which is, yeah, yikes. 
Well, the Rays had the Rays are not the Rays that we saw at the beginning of the season. No, they're not yeah. nearly as scary because uh, you know they had a minor inconvenience. But yeah, you know, that here you know that's not neither here nor there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, minor inconvenience. But they all, well, they also had Shane McClanahan's out for the year. Yeah, they cannot catch a fucking break with their pitchers, man. It's yeah, their lab. Well, their lab is yeah. too taxing on the their UCLs. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what happens when you have an April like they did, though. Um, but they've got it's going to be tough. I'm just like looking at this. Uh, They've got some, a couple of like softball series, but it's not very many. It's no. the Royals, the Yankees. They've got a four game series against the Yankees. So that is a cupcake series. Wild saying that, but that's a good thing. Yes. Um, they've got a road series against the Blue Jays that's going to probably be pretty significant. That'll be a season determiner. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got a home series. They've got two series with the Rays. That's going to be tough. They've got a series with the White Sox that I, I'm going to try to go to the first one because it's a bobblehead game and I want to get a bobblehead. Um, but yeah, they've got some Rangers series. Their last uh, game, I, the last series of the season, I think, is against the Orioles, unless there are games. Yes, enough to, yeah, so. it's against the against the Orioles. So, two series with the Orioles left. Two series uh, with the Rays. Good it's luck. better to catch the Rays now, though. So yeah, that's for sure. They, they probably but, they're going to catch the Rays at the most favorable time. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, game. So the first uh, game of this series against Houston, it's um, Christian Javier against um, Chris Sale. Uh, I favor. We saw Javier last week, and I he's just his control's not good. He's got good stuff, as we see, as we saw in the World Series last year. But I didn't think Sale looked that bad in his start against the uh, the Astros. I thought that he kind of he left one up in Machado and uh, Maldonado took him deep. That, that's going to happen every now and then, but I really didn't think he looked that bad. I, I'm going to, I think that the Sox have a good shot tomorrow. Uh, absolutely agree. Also, I just really liked how the bats looked against Javier in their look against him. They were really hitting him hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm not concerned about the bats right now. No, honestly. no, not at all. Uh, and like, you'll have a bit more versatility with your bullpen going into that game. Uh, Chris sale. Like, I don't, I don't hate how he's been throwing lately. I like the Sox in that game. Yeah, yeah. So we're going, we're going say, uh, for that one, Red Sox. Then we've got another one, a seven o'clock start time. Uh, Brian Bayo's has a rematch with uh, JP France, who the Red Sox lit up for seventeen runs. I don't think he's going to get hammered as badly as he did in that start. Yes. But that's another one where I do feel like the Red Sox clearly figured something out with him, and it's not as easy as like, well, I'll make an adjustment. You gave up ten runs; it's gonna not gonna be easy. Bayo's looked really good. It's a night game. It's at that way. I feel better about the Red Sox and the Astros in that game as well. Uh, same here, and also uh, that just reminds me of that quote that like that Bayo had like between like him and Sale, like it's where he to went us. up to yeah, he said it's up to us. Which God damn it, I love that. That got my blood I love pumping. Bayo. I love Bayo. He understands, I'm so happy. man. Yeah, he I'm under- so happy that they're talking of, already talking about extending him. They, they should be. He's a dude who rises to the occasion, and I have no reason to believe he won't rise to the occasion when they need him most again here, especially yep. at, during a night game. Yep. So then we got game three. That's uh, going to be uh, Franier uh, Valdez, Franier Valdez against uh, Cutter Crawford. Um Valdez is having a very good season. He's a Cy Young candidate. Is he not? If they're, yeah, if they're going to well, lose Well, actually, I, he's got a lot of innings. The ERA isn't great. I don't know what his war looks like. He's 9-9 nine nine with a 3.40 ERA. 
uh, 161.2 innings, 159 strikeouts. Uh, very good whip, though, a 1.11 whip. So he's not letting a lot of guys on base. They're just scoring sometimes. Yeah, yeah three and a half war. Like, he's having a good year. Yeah. Well, Crawford, though, I'm going to look him up because I kind of am curious about his war at this point, too. But he's not He's not, He's not. not a slouch. He's 6-6 six and six with a 3.65 ERA, 2.3 war. So, yeah, I mean, Valdez has the advantage here. Crawford's whip is better, 1.089, which is kind of insane. Um, yeah, I'd still him, lean man. Valdez, but that could be an interesting one. thing is, it's big to remember Landers, because like, that's just you know, a really tough I, Yeah, Verlander with the Astros is the cheat code. He's like back there, and he's like, just kidding, I'm Tom Brady again, but for baseball. Yeah, if they're going to lose a game this series, and I'd have a lot of respect to the Astros, I think they lose this one, especially because the bullpen's going to be taxed after games one and two, at least the back end. Presumably, you're going to have to use, you know, a combination of Kenley and Martin in both game one and two, at least one of each and one in both of them. So, you know, hey, if you blow them out one of them and you can save like one of those guys for game three, that'd be awesome. But like, I just don't see it happening. And the Astros are good. Remember how we were talking about beef teriyaki before? Oh, you just get some beef teriyaki. Look what I got, Dale. Oh, what I got. Oh. My my teriyaki fairy, Allie, just brought me one. Teriyaki. I'm going to eat it. This is awesome. This is how you know that she's uh, she's your soulmate. She's a keeper. She <laughs> yep. gives me beef teriyaki. Let's go. So, yeah, so that's our episode. Hour and a half in. It's good. It's good, man. Thing is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. This is It was a yeah. really good series. One of the better series of the year in terms of just the entertainment value. Yeah, even though they lost it. Like, they played well against a good team. And that's, that, that's sort of the thing. Like... I don't expect them to make the playoffs. So as long as they're playing well, the young guys are improving. I'd like them to. I'm going to be bummed out the day they get eliminated if that happens. But, you know, my expectations for this team have been pretty much met. So, (laughs) you know, I just want a good September. Hell yeah. Give us something to root for. Hell yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces.